0: So the question is, how do everyday people like us, who don't have an Ivy League education or some trust fund to fall back on, manage to start stacking the wealth in our favor, all while still having to manage everyday financial responsibilities? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Scott from Scotland, and you're listening to Wealth Stats. Scott from Scotland here. And I'm super excited for this episode of Wellstacks because I have none other than Price Heedley here with me today. Price, say hey to everybody. Hey, everybody. Um, So I'm super excited about this. So this week, I'm actually up in Lexington, Kentucky, meeting with my uh, partners, Jeanette and Hubert. And so while we're here, Jeanette was like, look, you got to talk to Price. He is going to drop some nuggets for our people And so let me see if I can get them. And of course, Price uh, price being Price, stepped up, said, yo, let's come in. And so here on uh, Wealth Stacks, what we try and do, Price, is the everyday person that's listened to this, that feels like, you know, there's like this secret code, right? From being the everyday person of you trying to figure out, how do I go generate wealth? What is that like first starting point of whether it's Look, I'm trading options, whether I'm trading futures, whether it's Forex, whether it's, you know, uh, digital marketing, whether it's buying e-commerce, buying real estate. What is that like that one hack that they have to figure out to just get that momentum going? And that's exactly what we try and solve here, right? And so let's just like fully get into it. Why don't you give a quick 30 second to a minute like intro of who you are, uh, what you've done and how you're here today?
1: Oh, well, thank you so much, Scott. Uh, Who I am, uh, I uh, started BigTrends.com back in 1999. I've been trading since graduating from Duke University in 89. So I've always had the trading bug. I uh, kind of caught it in college right around the time of the Wall Street crash and post crash in 87 okay. to yeah. date myself a little bit, but I got hungry to learn more. And I think learning is where it has to start. So, you know, yeah. whatever I see so many people are spreading themselves way too thin, trying to do too many things. Mm-hmm. And I do believe you have to become really a master of one particular thing and get really good at it, whatever yeah. it is. So if you're a trader, which I am stock and options trader, I've got to have that pattern. That's my go-to pattern. And so for me, it's about finding low-risk entry points, and I call it the retest. If you can find something as a trader that can find a good spot to get into a trend, up or down, and you say, this is a critical point. Like, just recently here, the market just had a quick little shakedown to the downside. There's a bunch of stocks retesting. A few of them are are continue to break and I get a quick exit and take a small loss versus ones that hold are going to reverse. And I'm going to get much more reward for that little bit of risk that I took. So I see a lot of traders and investors that are willing to take way too much risk, kind of willing to bet the farm, if you will take that big roll the bones mentality on everything. I'm much more about taking like small measured bets but in ways that I know I can control that risk. So like when I was launching Big Trends in 1999, I left a very well-paying job as head of research for the biggest options newsletter in the country at the time.
0: No
1: big deal. No big deal. But it's like, you know, then it's like, I'm going to start my own and start over, literally, starting from ground zero, dollar zero, with no clients, didn't take anything with me. I had to start from scratch. And so a big part of that is having that confidence that you can do it in a way that you can control your risk. Sure, it took a lot of hard work, yeah. But it's like I knew if I if I didn't make any wild, crazy, bold bets that could take me out of the game, yep. that I could steadily build my wealth both in trading and in building thousands and thousands of clients.
0: So, Price, first of all, you just dropped so many nuggets in there. There's two or three that I really want to go harping on, right? So, the first thing that you said, and I like, I can't stress this enough. One well, of the first things that you said that I really just took away from there is you got to get really good at one thing yes, figure it out. And like, I'll testify to that as well. Like, you know, my background is more in the marketing and business development side of things, right? And, you know, I've had agencies that have done pretty well and it wasn't until like I really doubled down on conversions and really figuring out like funnels. And like, again, I had invested in marketing strategies and it's not that those gurus aren't great. It's just like, that didn't connect with me. It wasn't until I found like funnels. I was like, okay, this actually makes sense to me because of a background in music. I was like, okay. All I'm doing from a conversion point of view is I'm just producing a song online for a story that has to be told. And then, like, I just got really, really good at that and leveraged it up and up and up. Right. And so, um, and then the second thing I really want to talk about that that you brought up was I see this happening, whether it's in trading, whether it's in life, is people just want to hit home runs. Yes. And it's like not having the self awareness or discipline, like, you know what? There's a reason why Ichiro is one of the best baseball players of all time because of the consistency of that, right? Yep. And so let's let's talk about this. This is one of the big questions that we look to answer here for anybody who's listening, right? Like 20, 2020 was kind of a reset year for a lot of people, right? They got to rethink mm-hmm. what they're going to do in life. They got like either some people lost their jobs, some people got to work from home. So let me ask you this. If you were to start over tomorrow, what is the one thing that you would do, uh, whether you were starting with a small account, um, to start to game plan to generate your wealth?
1: It's a great question, Scott. I, I think the big thing that so many people are tempted with a, quote, small account is a great way to start. If you're literally starting from scratch, you you're literally have to protect... Your bankroll so carefully, and and I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I've got to I've got to be take a big swing, and if it strikes out, I'm out of the game. But I got to take a big swing, and I'm like, no, you don't. You can basically take the same principles that I apply for bigger accounts and take it down to a smaller account and say the same principles that got you to a bigger account are going to get you from a smaller account to a bigger account you know to go from big to bigger and and the philosophy for me is like i said controlling risk on every trade mm-hmm. i see a lot of people who are not willing to cut and run on an idea uh, because they're so committed to it. And I think that's where I've spent a lot of time in my trading careers on the technical analysis side, because to me, the charts don't lie. You can see where the money's flowing in and out. You can see the stocks moving up or down. And if you're fighting that momentum, those big trends, then you really can get yourself in a lot of trouble. And so a big part of it for me is to be able to say, okay, I can all the technicals and not get married to the fundamental story. So much of Wall Street wants to sell investors stories 1,000%. and they turn people into bag holders on these situations where they say, well, you liked it. Uh, the stock was at a hundred. Now it's at 50. What a great buying opportunity. You buy it at 50. It can go back to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Then at 40, you like it even more at 30. Well, you could triple your money back to hundred. Twenty, You can make five times your money. Well, that thing's trending down. Yeah. I saw it with the tech stock collapse when I was launching big trends in the early two thousands. And that's why I, when i was building my stake in at the in, in the mid to late 90s to be able to start big trends i was always saying okay i got to take very conservative bets and i want to buy in the money options which I don't want to get it too technical here but just that taking a more of a stock subsidy approach rather than trying to swing for the fences with the really aggressive cheapies that have yeah. a low probability of success I wanted a higher probability of success like you said that consistency okay. and also being able to still have something to salvage if it doesn't go right that you can cut and run keep your loss small and keep rolling that over so lose small win big lose small win big you're not going to win every time and that's the case in anything in life whether it's in marketing initiatives and in, in any kind of client acquisition in any kind of building a business, you're going to have things that go well, things that don't go well. And a big part of it too, I would say, Scott, is resiliency. Yes. To be committed to your belief in yourself. Once you have honed your craft, honed what your edge is, mm-hmm. is that uh, if, if you just follow dollars, you will always bail when there's a downturn. Agreed. And if you follow your your own internal confidence and compass that you know you can do it, then you just got to stick through the in- inevitable ebbs and flows. That will, that resiliency will keep you moving on. Some would call it persistence, you know, that, that whole philosophy of, you know, if, if you press on and press that's through, then you basically, you know, that's carried a lot of people through what seemed like some dark times. I know that, as you said, last year for a lot of people was not only a reset, but a dark time for either them or family, people that got sick or people that lost jobs. Yeah. And I think that that's basically the resiliency that our whole country and, and perhaps around the world is being tested with. And to say how you bounce back. You know, we bounced back from this 100 years ago with the Spanish flu, and uh, I'm confident that we'll bounce back from this. But I, I do know a lot of people have been through a lot of challenges. So a big part of it for us is showing people how to empower themselves, mm-hmm. understanding how to read the charts, looking for certain patterns, and then how to take advantage of those. But it's the same thing whether you're, you know, whatever field you're in, whatever business you're in. But a big part of it is knowing what you're really True passion and your true skill is. Yeah. For a lot of people that haven't found that, that's kind of going to be the first step because once you know what you're good at, that's what you want to exploit. That's what our whole capitalist society is built off of. Hundred percent specialization, being able to say, "Well, I'm I'm not a brain surgeon. If I need brain surgery, I'm not going to look it up on the internet and try to get operating on myself. You know, I'm going to go find okay. the best brain surgeon surgeon I can." It's the same thing with you know technical analysis experts or anything else. You want to find the best of the best and then and then apply those same rules of success that they've applied and know that you're going to be in good hands. Yeah.
0: So two things there, right? Is um, <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people talk about it. I know they talk about it in the uh, in the business side of things and almost like fitness about mindset. But in trading, I know we don't really talk about that in trading because you can't tie profits to it, right? Like, you know, it's so easy to sell an indicator because, hey, look, it's going to generate this. It's generated generate this. How much do you think inside of trading your success comes down to having emotional, one, like emotional intelligence and having the discipline inside of your emotions?
1: That's a great question, Scott. I would say that even though I trade an incredibly volatile vehicle like options, I think one of my strengths has always been to stay even, to stay steady, to not get too high when it's going well. So that's when you overcommit your capital and then you risk blowing up because you've gotten overconfident. And also not get too low if you've had a few that you had to get rid of and they weren't working and to then give up on your plan. Like I'm saying, don't give up on those lows as long as you know it fits the parameters of your system. Obviously, we do a lot of testing about the what we call equity curves, like what's the normal path to growth? Is it a jagged path and a really volatile one? Or is it nice and steady with an occasional dip and you can stay with that and subscribers can stay with it? We found, of course, that subscribers love that steady consistency. And so a lot of people do gravitate towards those high win rate strategies where you can just steadily take money out of, say, selling a little premium Mm -hmm. along the way. You might give up the home run, but you're willing to do it to increase your consistency. So there's just loads of ways to get that wealth track going in your favor. But also you have to make sure. I think the biggest problem people have is the inability to get rid of ideas that aren't working. It's actually, it's people do the exact opposite of what they should do. They take their profits too quickly because they're afraid of seeing a profit turn into a loss. And then when it's a loss, there's so much hoping that it's going to get back to break even yep. that they sit on that loss and that that small loss turns into a big loss. So we're always recommending people that small loss is usually your best loss, whereas when you're right, take partial profits, but don't take your whole position off until it hits a higher objectives. So I was trying to stretch people to uh, not giving up their best ideas. Because for me, I don't know about you, but for me, my best trades are usually right from the start and they keep going a lot of times bigger than even I expect. And my, my worst trades are the ones I was really thinking were going to be good, I didn't get rid of them quick enough. And then they just keep on going south. And then you later find out that something has changed at the yes. company or what have yes. you.
0: I can't tell you how many times, you know, so I've made an incredible, I've been very blessed um, in order to build some incredible sales funnels online. Right. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times uh, that we've, we've gone to go launch uh, a funnel. Right. And there's this way of, man, like, since you've done a million dollar funnel, you got to go repeat that process. And so you invest into it, like we'll get the camera crews out, we'll get the top designers, I'll put like just hours and hours. And it's the ones that you think, oh, man, this looks incredible. And then the market just punches you in the mouth and says, you know what, it looks a little too pretty. This just doesn't match up with what we want right now. And you got to go back to the drawing board. And and having that ability to say, you know what, I think there's this fine line, right, of people, sometimes people will give up too quickly and say, well, just, this didn't then This doesn't work for me um, or this doesn't work. Well, it's not that it doesn't work. It doesn't work for you in your current situation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go tweak and having like a process of saying, okay, I'm going to go through steps one, two, three. After three is where, okay, now I know it's my ego that's keeping me in this. I'm going to go pull out and let's go again. and And guess what? I've got another four, four downs. We'll figure this out in the next drive. I think a lot of people where they mess up, where I see a lot of people that are on that cusp of maybe getting to the wealth, end up losing it all because they want to go force a fourth down instead of punting to play it play
1: again. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I I think also, like you said, it's, it's, it's not giving up if you say it didn't work, but you can course correct. So you have the zigs and zags and you know, okay, if I tweak this, if I, if I tweak that, then let's see how that goes. That's basically just the evolution towards success. But I think it's important when you think of, you know, the 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 Jeff Bezos the Elon Musk the, the you know the the people who literally went all in I mean Bezos was making a fortune on Wall Street and said I'm walking away from that because he was that committed to a vision and obviously he put a ton of uh, data behind it and metrics right. behind it and, and made sure that the market uh, was going to support his vision. So, it, and maybe that's part of it too, is that if you have a passion for something, but the market's not ready for it, you could be too early. You could you could not have your finger on the pulse of it uh, at the right time. So it's important that timing, just like in trading in any venture, timing is so important. So yeah. we've seen this with all the GameStop news, for example, we've seen just a huge uh, surge in interest in stocks that can move really quickly. Absolutely. And so it's one of those where it's like, okay, you know, that, that wasn't just a, the small guy against the big guy. That was also the big institutions uh, that wanted to uh Take advantage of where these people were too ov- overly uh, bearish, and, and that's why GameStop shot up so fast. But the bottom line is that you know wa- uh, Washington wants to regulate that away. And my view in the market is, hey, it's a free market. Yeah, let if them you play. if you've got an edge, you should you should be willing to play the game regularly, knowing you're going to lose some. But it's all about having that probabilistic edge. If you don't have an edge, you shouldn't be playing that game.
0: Agreed, agreed. So there's two things I wanted to like. I thought that you, that you said that I think is just so valuable. One of the things you said uh, a little while ago was figuring out what works for you and i think today i see this a lot with like entrepreneurship and even in trading you know like trading is now becoming cool again right Mm -hmm. and and when i was on the the come up being an entrepreneur was like really cool uh when i was in high school becoming like a music producer was cool so everybody you know thought that they were uh, some kind of music producer or rapper right Mm -hmm. and then it then there was a shift to entrepreneurship I think I, I I'm starting to see that trend a little bit inside of trading now on the come up, and it's like, man, having the self awareness to know that I'm actually built for this compared to man, this is just a trend. But for anybody listening right now, right, like, cause you you made the point of 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 GameStop, right, is how do you figure that out? Like, maybe there's some people listening right now that have tried forex and, or or futures and it's just not worked, and so they've said in their mind, trading's not for me. But it's not that trading is not for them. Maybe they just haven't tried options, right? That's right. And so what advice could you give someone right now that's either thinking about trading or has been in trading, tried a couple of different markets, but hasn't found what is for them? What advice could you give them today?
1: The the great thing, uh, Scott, is that education is where it has to start. So you have to, you can't just expect to go in, like I said about the brain surgeon example, you can't just go in and throw money at something, expect it's going to work. You have to have studied it. Think about how long a surgeon studied, how how much time they put in not getting paid, basically interning for years to learn their craft and to, to then eventually get paid at the end of the process because they become an expert. You don't become an expert overnight. We, we always hear uh, on all the covers of all the magazines, it seems like all these overnight success stories are relatively quick wealth. And even with the stock market doing what it's doing, it seems like you've seen a lot of people going, whoa, I could get well wealthy really fast. Yeah. But what I always tell people is that you've got to know the proper rules on how you manage your capital, manage your investment stake, or else you're going to give it back potentially just as fast or faster than you made it. I talked to lots of people like, oh, I can make money much faster than you can price. But then I talked to them later and they've given it back much faster too, and so it's about not just making it, but hanging on to it during the kind of challenging markets, challenging times. Just like we said about the inevitable dips in any business, that you get ups and downs, and it's about being able to stomach those little dip phases to where they don't crush you. And, and so, but back to your question, it's education first. So educate yourself, study things, knowing that you're not going to put your hard-earned money on the line right at that first moment and saying, "If I don't get educated." I might be the sheep that's about to get fleeced yeah. rather than the one that's positioned to take yeah. my share of the fleece. So the the bottom line being that, uh, what's that old story about the card table? If you sit down and you don't see the sucker, you're it. Absolutely. So let's not Absolutely. be have anybody be in that position of being unaware and then uh, losing because they didn't maximize their education. So I I think whatever, but follow your interests and follow what what, uh, interests you right now and learn about that and study both when it works and when it doesn't, study stories of people who made money with that and also people who thought they knew it all and lost money. Because let's face it, even on Wall Street, there's been brilliant geniuses who have lost fortunes and billions like long-term capital management, whatever had Nobel prize winners and they went belly up and almost took down the financial system in 1998. Crazy. And so you say, okay, just because you're really smart, doesn't assure you success. It's also about knowing the proper principles of not getting onto the wrong side of these big trends and actually instead taking advantage of them.
0: You're not getting complacent, right? Like, you know, this was kind of aha moment for me this past week is um, the market is dynamic. And yes. so, you know, what might have worked for you five years ago, and this happens in, in my space a lot too, is people study tactics and don't go and study the strategy, right? Like strategy really hasn't changed over the last 10, 20, 50. like believe it or not, how you went and sold a cow at the the market square back in the day is really the same strategy as, as you sell today, What changes the tactics that go into it. And a lot of people get like tactics are really Easy, sexy to sell, shiny new objects, and a lot of people get tied up. Oh, let me go learn this tactic or this tactic, but don't take the time to go in and figure out the strategy because from there you can just plug and play across the board. Um, and so, let me ask you this: from a, a strategy point of view, what do you what do you prefer to to trade, and what what market specifically?
1: Well, I, I prefer stocks and options on stocks because instead of just trading the index, which of course might be, say, 500 stocks, never was it more clear than this past year during the pandemic how that index wasn't a good representation of the stock market anymore because you had the technology sector going ballistic after yeah. the pandemic lows. You had all these new stay at home and, and digitization themes of what's happening post-pandemic. And then you had all these reopening, uh, sectors that were doing terribly, right? Because yeah. they weren't reopening as fast as anybody had hoped. And so the, the, the reality is, is that when you can find individual stock stories, uh, and more importantly, stories as charts and patterns on these charts. These we, we call them systems, trading systems, where they give you take the emotion out and you just say follow the buy arrow, follow the sell arrow, the exit arrow, yep. and it makes your job a lot easier. You mentioned ego earlier, Scott, and your biggest thing as a trader or in business is get your ego out of the game, a thousand percent. Because when you get that emotionally invested in something and that that vesting of believing that you think you've got to figure it figured out is what ends up really hurting you. And, and it actually makes you less flexible. It actually yeah. makes you get stuck in, in either an idea, like you said, it's not working on say a marketing uh, uh, conversion piece or, and you thought it was, you were so com- convinced it was going to work. You knew this was going to work. Oh, I believed it. And then when it doesn't, <laughs> you're like, no, it's got to work. I just must've missed a little something. Yeah. And so, so it's one of those where by not being that, that vested, it actually makes you more flexible to be able to say, Hey, the market is telling me, giving me feedback, that it's not working like I thought it was going to work. It's time for me to cut and run, come back to play another day in that particular stock. And and we will then use option strategies on that stock that either can substitute for the stock with a lot less capital or create spread strategies that can help to further reduce our dollars and our customers' dollars at risk. So that way, you, know, you might be able to take a, a name like Amazon or Google, it might cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a hundred shares. And we can control that hundreds of thousands of dollars for literally a few hundred dollars. Yeah. So that's where, of course, leverage can happen. But of course, you then have to make sure you have an edge. And that's where I always remind people that the edge is what's going to carry you through. An edge doesn't guarantee anything. It just means you have a probabilistic advantage. Mm. And then you're playing the probabilities, which means that's why you don't bet at all on anything, because it's like, if would Vegas want to take their edge uh, that they have when you sit down at their tables and what they want to say, we'll bet you on this one hand that that we're going to be right. They would never do that. They they want to promote you playing for a long time across a large number of hands to extract their edge. That's why they give you the free That's
0: drinks. That's why they give you the free drinks, <laughs> the cards that reward
1: you the longer you play, right? Okay. Because their edge is being extracted whether you know it or not. Even if you have a good lucky streak, congratulations. But most people I always am amazed, but when I fly out to Vegas for a conference, everybody's all excited, the the, the plane's buzzing, and when I fly back, it's real everybody's quiet. Asleep. It's real quiet. <laughs> you know, It's like nobody's telling t- t- <laughs> t- very few are telling great stories of the success they had because Vegas extracted their edge. You want to do the same thing and create that house edge for your own own trading or your own business whatever you're looking to extract in terms of your advantage your particular skill set in in whatever you do in life. It's a great life principle. Trading is really just a microcosm of these same principles. Don't get your ego involved. Stay unemotional. Stay objective. Don't be greedy. You hit your objectives, take your profits. Um, When you hit your stop loss, take it. Don't make excuses. A lot of people rationalize and say, oh, it's a good company. I bought it. It'll bounce back. And that rationalization turns short-term traders into long-term Quote investors or bag holders. We don't. <laughs> we don't want that for anybody.
0: Um. So you kind of you kind of harped uh, on it a little bit, but can you go into a little bit more detail of what do you think the main benefits of trading options are versus just trading the stock?
1: Yeah. So the biggest benefit is the less capital that you have to put up. So you can dramatically reduce your capital commitment to control 100 shares of stock, um, like in the Amazon or Google examples, and and so you can get that exposure without having to have so much committed that can either allow you to diversify across multiple ideas or it can just say, okay, you're going to say, you know, that, you know, you can't lose more than say, if you put uh, $500 into an investment in Amazon, if you bought Amazon shares and it drops hundred points, you might be in a world of hurt, losing ten thousand bucks plus on, on just even a normal one-day move against you in Amazon. So we want to always control that dollars at risk. And I always tell people too, don't trade with more money than than it where than you really should in terms of if it hurts too much emotionally when you have to take a loss, you traded too large or you shouldn't be trading yet. So basically always start small. And and of course there's loads of uh, broker platforms that have the virtual trading where you can even just test it out. And what I'll tell people is we give them a variety of different systems that have specific rules and say, follow these rules for not just the next 10 trades, follow them for the next 30 trades, 10, 10, and another 10 times. If you can follow those rules 30 times in a row, you're probably ready to start committing some small amounts of capital. But if you if you break that even twenty five trades through, you break your rules once, start it all over. You're not ready to go. So it's it's about that consistency of discipline of execution. Yeah. Because everybody is is uh, excited about trading because of the, quote, financial freedom, right? That that aspect of freedom, they don't have to answer to a boss, they answer to themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that accountability to yourself, that self-discipline to say, I've got to follow my rules, in essence, you're your own boss in trading, but you're also your own employee in trading. If, 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 if you Absolutely. had an employee who didn't follow the rules, they might get fired. And the market will do that to you and say, your portfolio is going to get fired if you don't follow the rules of your method. So you, you can't just say it's about freedom. It's It's also about that responsibility that comes with it to yourself and your portfolio and your family's future by following your rules. Or if you don't have rules, get rules and get clear about what your edge is.
0: Price. I love that. I love that. Um, Let me ask you this, right? So dropped some incredible nuggets of how to get started. What you do if you start again. I know for, for me in life right now, I'd almost pay more to, to learn what not to do than I would like what to do per se. Right. Yes. And so, let me ask you this: Is there, is there a trade that haunted you that if you wish you would go back on that, you back, like, man? This I would have done this differently, or is there a mistake that, like, over the course of your career, you're like, man, I wish I could have that mistake back?
1: Oh, it's a great question, Scott. And you know, uh, you hear some people that say, oh, the worst thing that ever happened is you won big early in your trading experience. And for me, I actually had the opposite experience where I I had a serious problem with perfectionism when I first got into trading, because I'd gone through this great educational experience. I'd worked hard and I, and I learned that the harder I worked, the luckier I got, you know, that if I worked hard in school, I was going to get the grades. Absolutely. If I, if I dug in, I would make it happen. If you dig in in the markets, doesn't always work that well, you know, based like we we're saying, be flexible. And yes. I had to learn that lesson the hard way where I was committed to like some gold idea in the early nineties or whatever. I thought gold was going to go, inflation was going to go. It didn't, but I had some big position on in one of the gold stocks and it blew up. It just went bye-bye. And, and I dug in my heels. I think I even added to the position again, cardinal sense of trading now that I know <laughs> that said, you know, like when, when you think that you're right and the market's wrong, yes. uh, you need to reevaluate and say, I feel
0: like this is a typical guy thing right here. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah,
1: exactly. 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 And so basically, you know, you dig in even harder, add more to a losing position. It's a cardinal rule. Never do it in trading. Never throw good money after bad. If you're not getting validated by the market, you should only add to winning ideas. And that's where I came up with my my retest strategy that kind of allows me to kind of add into the dips in an and an evolving trend that's still working for me overall. But but basically, yeah, that, that would be the thing I would take away from myself is that perfectionism that I had ingrained so much from the educational system, so much from digging in yeah. so hard yeah. and being successful at it and thinking, well, then if I just apply that to training, I see a lot of people that come over to us at Big Trends and say, I've been successful in my career by the same kind of digging in. And here I am digging in and it's not working. What am I doing wrong? And, I, and literally you're having to retrain some of those ingrained beliefs that we get through our school system, through our typical career paths at a lot of these big corporations and, and where people have had success climbing those corporate ladders is that you can't do that in the market. If the market is not validating you, don't dig in harder. So that that uh, is a big differentiator that I think is why a lot of people wonder, why is it so hard to make the transition from success in, in a career other elsewhere and get into trading? You you want to retire? You want to retire and trade for a living? They say, why is this so difficult? Because those same traits that you were rewarded for previously are not being rewarded in trading. In fact, they're being punished. Yeah. And so now you have to relearn certain behaviors.
0: And retrain yourself.
1: Exactly. And so that's, and that's hard for a lot of people, especially as you get older in life. And as I get older, I see, you know, the old dog and new tricks. You want to stay yeah. flexible. I hope I'm flexible to keep learning. I, I really work on that mentally. Like you said, the mind is such a powerful thing that can be your ally or can be your enemy and yeah. how you line it up to help facilitate you reaching your goals You say, If this is my goal. I'm going to have to learn some new behaviors. Okay. If I don't, I'm not going to get to my goal.
0: Yeah. It's so weird. Like, I feel like when you hit a certain level of wealth or success, however you want to determine that, you know, you, it's a, it's a different game and different mindset. You know, you start off with this hustle to get there, right? Like I'm willing yes. to outwork people. I'm willing to grind. I'm going to figure in. this out. Um, whereas when, once you have it, it's really more a point of like, man, I don't want to lose this, but I also don't want to have to go reset. And so I'm willing to go invest to figure out how do I stay at the top um, and so, like, I'm constantly trying to surround myself with other top marketers or, you know, I'm very blessed to have an incredible network and and several mentors that that are there um, that I, I just can't tell you, like, will check that that ego for me or say, hey, look, Scott, this is what's happening now. And then I try and, yet again, if it's a tactic, how do I implement that into my strategy? How do I make it better? Um, let me ask you this uh, in, in wrapping up. What is your... For, so for people that listen right now that could go learn uh, could learn something to, to take away, whether it takes them uh, a week to learn this, a month to learn this, six months to learn this, what is your go-to option trade, whether right now that you're seeing in the market or has just played out over time? Like, hey, look, I know I can always come back to this option trade, and it's a good foundation for me.
1: Yeah, it kind of goes back, Scott, to a, a philosophy which is very contrary to what most people would think. You hear the word overbought a lot in trading. Yeah. And a lot of people think overbought just by definition of how it sounds is, quote, bad but actually I've had a lot of experience in trading overbought markets to the upside and finding these retracement points, as long as they stay in a generalized overbought pattern, Mm. give you great opportunities to buy the dip in the best trends because something goes overbought. How many times folks could you go back and look and say, I thought it was overbought way back a lot lower and it's gone even more overbought. That's because the institutions are driving the market. It's not you and I as individual traders and investors. And so the idea is that if you can find where the institutions say, Hey, they can't get in all at once, but they want to be in on these big trends that are happening happening. You look at Tesla over the last couple of years, you look at Apple in prior years, you know, when when they want to get into those highly liquid names, they're going to keep on just steadily applying the dollars. And so when you can find these little dip points to buy that retest that buy the dip, I like to buy just a simple like stock substitute in the money option. Maybe I'll, I'll create a little spread out of it to just kind of hedge it a little bit. But the idea being that, hey, I can Create something that if the stock bounces, I make money. If the stock stays flat, I make a little money. And if it goes against me, I stop it out quickly for a small loss. So it's one of those where you can create lots of winning scenarios, not just for having to go up big, but even going up just a little or staying flat, you can still win with a spread trade. And then if it goes down a little bit, you just cut and run. But the idea being that, okay, you find these points. You don't just chase any old breakout. That's where I see a lot of inexperienced traders coming in now. A lot of the, especially the the younger generation that's pouring in yeah. through these apps and things. is they're, just, they're hearing their buddies that are making tons of money. So they're just chasing after these stocks. And then they're getting flushed when they have the invariable shakeout. I want to get those little flush point shakeouts to actually take advantage of where other people are selling to buy the dip if the structure of that trend is right. So that's what I teach. It's called retest, the retest strategy. And it's something we do across several key indicators that you can sh- see where we are an overbought trend. And now you can kind of say, okay, if this trend is going to stay in this really good uptrend or back in like 08, when we had that really good downtrend, you know, say, Hey, if you want to take advantage of either side in a really good trending market, you can do it with this retest strategy. And so that's what I teach a lot in my trading room and then a variety of the alert services that we offer a big trends.
0: That's Awesome. Um, all right, so let me ask you: Since you've, you've uh, obviously, clearly, are incredible at what you do, um, if for anybody listening right now, how can they, uh, how can they connect with you? What sites can they go to? And then um, we'll also post some links, to whether it's to your ebook or to the workshop that you just talked about as well. Um, uh, why, don't you, why don't you give a shout out to, to your company?
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Scott. Yeah, bigtrends.com, bigtrends with an S. Uh, and we on our, on our main homepage, there's a free uh, sign up for not just our e- free email training, but also it includes uh, what we call the Trend Strategist ebook that's about 75 pages of technical trading lessons that you can kind of absorb at your own speed and teach you about all kinds of patterns like breakouts, retests, uh, uh, certain patterns you want to look for, like you mentioned, that were successful. Also, some things to stay away from so that people don't make those early beginner mistakes so we can get that kind of springboard to learning how to take advantage of the markets without taking on so much risk or so much uh, potential to give back anything that you've worked so hard for. That's what I'm amazed by is people work so hard for their money and then they come and throw it at the markets almost with abandon just because they hear some friend that's doing well. And you don't want to be that person that's just doing it without a plan. A lot of anybody that's been successful in any aspect of life had a clear roadmap and plan to get there. And we offer all kinds of trading plans and, and examples of hey, you want to be aggressive, you want to be conservative, here's ways that you can take money out of the markets and manage it appropriately over time.
0: That's awesome. Price, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know I'm going to be back here this summer and would Look definitely to love it. to do a follow-up. Let's see where the market's at this summer as well. Do a follow-up on that. Thank you. Um, listen, thanks, everybody, for for being here this week. If you have some feedback or if you have some questions, make sure you leave them in the comments. Our team will make sure that we follow up with Price as well, um, and we'll give them a link to that so that – we can uh, get him directly to you also inside of the description we'll put links to uh to prices team and so that you can uh, connect with him as well and i hope that this has provided at least a nugget of value for there uh today so that you can go from where you are now to where you want to be it starts with that first step and let that first step be here on wealth Stacks.